Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sometimes you just want to bag a sausage rolls. And <laughs> Matthew liked that joke so much, he honked. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 28th of October, the year of our Lord, 1999. Christina Aguilera, still <laughs> the number one hit. Genie in a bottle. A rugby the right way. <laughs> one of them puns. Uh, Disney's Tarzan. Was boring kids senseless across the nation? Oh, pipe down. Pipe down. It's a good Two film. Two worlds, one family. Trust your heart. Different strokes. No, it's not different strokes. Phil Collins did the soundtrack to most of Tarzan. He did. This is a good film. I've watched it since, but at the time I'm watching this, as we'll see with the extreme SmackDown uh, looks, uh, Tarzan, <laughs> Disney or otherwise, was not what I was thinking about. Also, Resident Evil 2 is coming out for the Nintendo 64, one of the most impressive ports you'll ever see. Two CDs worth of game on one cart with the smallest FMV screen you'll ever see. <laughs> but while all that is going on, somewhere in America... <laughs> That could reality. That's right, Tom. Point out the window. That's right. That's the direction of America. That, Over thank, there. Thank you. There was a show called SmackDown by a company called the WWF. But what happened on that show? Is it still around? How's Triple H doing after that snake bite? All these questions and more can only be answered by listening to the following an hour and a half or so of drivel. What was that, Tom? Tom, for the love of God. Sorry, I'll put my trousers back on. <laughs> That's right. Excuse me while I whip this out. Tom Campbell and his friend Mafu, that other one. How the hell are you, Tom? Welcome to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. Matthew I got distracted Craig. by me dropping the thing on the thing. I hadn't forgot the name. Matthew, I am in great spirits today. Um, Good. I fell in love today. Mm. Fell in love. Because today, Year of Our Lord. December the 5th, 2019, I met Matthew's mom. <laughs> what a delightful woman. Yes. I feel like that we, we in another life, we could have been more. Depends if you have any N64 games on you. Mate, I have got WrestleMania 2000 with you right now. If you can go uh, busy yourself. Beat it, I mate. Will go <laughs> beat it. <laughs> no need, mate. Uh, but... <laughs> 
came in. By the time you're listening yeah, to this, did. you would have maybe seen Matthew's mom make a cameo on the Cultaholic podcast, singing the theme tune, which uh, you and, we're sitting, and by now you will know why myself and the whole world have fallen in love with uh, Mrs. Botchamania. Ms. Botchamania. That's right. We're Ms. Ms. Mrs. Miss. Oh, it's Mrs. Mrs. This is the optimistic Miss. <laughs> Please say no. <laughs> Come in uh, How are you, Math? Are you well? I am well. Yeah, she she gets worried that she's embarrassing me. And I go, no, no, you embarrassed me when I was 12 in front of my mate. I'm 32 now. You're embarrassing you. Do, do you. Plus, my mum is in her 60s. She's looking good. She is more full of life than people my age that I know. Mm. A lot of a lot of guys I know have given up and gone, right, this is it. She's still uh, meeting new people, going and doing new things. Coming to Newcastle upon time to meet her favorite podcast people. <laughs> she only listens to one, so vicariously, she's also the least favorite podcast people. I like how she's not here to see her son. She's here to see her favorite podcast people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She's not here to see her boy. Yeah, she was moving around because Jack was late, which is completely atypical for that lad. <laughs> <laughs> and we... e, I'm sorry, I'm late. I was on the old quiet puppet Jack. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, she met puppet Jack. She was thrilled <laughs> with that. And uh, she did an intro and all this, and she was like nice, and she bought chocolate. And yeah. I just go, look, here's me mum. Want to say hi? That's it. I'll... Your mom, you do you, mom. Your mum was class, and, yeah. and I hope to see her again. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Will I be, what will I be to you if you marry my mum? Uh, the luckiest boy on earth. <laughs> you will, mate, you will never be short of N64 games. <laughs> mm. <laughs> also today, right, today is a double whammy of a day. Not only have I met um, the, 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 the future ex-Mrs. Campbell, but I've Christ. also... <laughs> But but we are celebrating here at Cultaholic because last night on NXT, so this was last week now as you're listening to this, um, during the ad break of NXT, myself and Ross Tweddle appeared on the big screens at Full Sail University blasting out Don't You Forget About Keith. NXT. Right, my, one of my goals in 2020 was to go to NXT. I think that counts. <laughs> I've now technically been in Full Sail University. And if you were one of the many, many people that retweeted, liked, hated uh, the video that myself and Ross put out on Twitter, thank you. You made that happen. Even you, Glenn Gilberti, uh, who took the time uh, uh, to rubbish what we did and, and start a little bit of a hate campaign about it, right? Even you are partly responsible for that. So thank you, Glenn. I love you. Never stop loving you. Yeah. And uh, Tom knew something was up when he woke up and his wallet literally exploded with internet money. Mate, I have got internet money coming out of the wazoo right oh. now. I have got all the internet dollars. So many internet dollars. I don't know what to do with them all, mate. What do you yeah. do with all your internet dollars? I I buy haircuts. <laughs> Is it internet haircuts? Yes, that's why they're crap. <laughs> you get an internet haircut and you'll get people going, it's rubbish that is. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm very happy for your success, Tom. Thank you, thank you, mate. But that's, it's that's a, current. It was, it was quite the time. That's current. No, no, no. Refresh your head. Get rid of the bits on the side of the TV from 16 to 9 to go 4 by 3 for oh. the, the year of our Lord 999. And what I was going to do after last week's podcast got a lot of positive feedback for the Sonic the Comic references. <laughs> I was going to do a, you know, Resident Evil 2, Disney Tarzan. What was happening in Sonic the Comic in 99? However... 
that's not that good of an idea because by that time, the issue would become one new story and nothing but reprint. Really? By 1999? Yeah. Oh, that's so, a shame. The issue that came out during this time, it was a fortnight, so you're not going to do the same gag next week. Oh, that would be silly. Was, let's see, one new story, and it was Sonic Goes to the Super Zone. And even with the nice artwork, it was just a crap story. It was a retread of uh, Sonic going to meet some superheroes they'd already, already done previously. And it's like, okay, maybe if there's one NAF Sonic main story that just doesn't go anywhere and it's self-contained, maybe there'll be some good stuff. It's all reprint. So we got Knuckles and the Ghost Ship. We've, That's a good series, though. Yeah, I like Knuckles and the Ghost Ship. The beautiful Nigel Domino. It's where we met Captain Pug. Like Captain Pugwash, Captain Plunder. Captain Plunder, who I only, by researching his fan art, he's supposed to be a walrus. Yeah, cool, yeah, the big teeth. Oh, it's just a dude. Yeah, it's just a dude. They're, yeah. all, they're all animals. They're all animals. Uh, yeah. But Robotnik's not. He's an He's egg. He's an egg. He is an egg. Anyway. <laughs> Robotnik is an egg or a Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Tails and Zone Runner. When he oh, cosplays Zona right. and the Flock. Zona and the Flock. This is where Tails ended up in a in a, a, a weird <laughs> zone. A weird zone where he, everybody thought he was this amazing superhero that he told his parents about. Mm. Like he was he, he kind of fed these lies to his family back home that he was the one saving Mobius and not Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. So, so this little sect kind of bit like Blade Runner-esque. Uh, Tails. Oh, yeah, the big coat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tails, Tails got called <laughs> upon them to say, hey, look, we've heard all the stories about you being this amazing hero. You need to help us, Zone Runner. You know, so it was very Blade Runner-y. I remember from Sonic the Comic. That's so cool. It's just like the Three Amigos style. Like, wow, if you're as good as you say you are, come like, oh, oh, yeah. no. And then it's, you know, Tails would end up and this is the one with the big freeze where oh I forget the name of the robot I had a real mad on for him. I forget where I read that is it term. Cog? Maybe. But the first time he defeated him. Nuts and bolt. This. Nuts and bolt, that was it. What why is that bolt. why is that dormant in my brain? Nuts and bolt. Nuts and bolt. Nuts and bolt. He, he beat him the first time because he was chasing after him, but he just kept coming telling the automatic door. Almost like Red Dwarf. Shut the door, shut the door. Really well, shut the door. Went, All right. <laughs> Door opens, like, what? It's like, aha! And then the door shuts, and then shuts again. Oh, yeah! And then shuts again, and then shuts. <laughs> yes, I remember that. I don't know why. He's like, ah, you know, like, oh, beating him. He's like, you killed Nuts and Bolts, you're so good. He's like, yeah, I am. And also, the other reprint was, sorry, lads, there is some Smackdown coming. Um, what I'm going to do is, if you look on the, if you, if you genuinely can't be arsed, listen to me and Math <laughs> warble on, there's a timestamp in the podcast comment section here. Uh, and you can just jump straight to the Smackdown stuff. You're welcome. Which you've now discovered nine minutes Yeah, in. be like, oh, we're near the end now. I might as well listen to this thrilling bit to conclude it. It was Disaster, which is basically them doing Sonic the Knuckles. It ends with Sonic knocking Robotnik off the floating island. And one of those... Oh! oh like Foley falling off the cell. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh my God. Except it's not like Foley falling off the cell. It's like Triple H at Survivor Series 2000. Because you go, well, he's dead then, isn't he? And it shows Robotnik and like some bandages going, I'll get him next time. I'm like, oh, where? <laughs> he fell off a floating island in a suit. He's like, um, I'm a bit wounded. They do very much vary the how damage works in Mobius and in the Sonic comics because sometimes you can fall uh, from a mighty height and that's at the end of your character, where sometimes you can just be covered in bandages in the next shot going, oh, I'm all right. Yeah, well, we found that with Johnny Lightfoot. Press F. Thanks, Sonic oh. the Comic, the podcast, Chris McFeely, and Demon Tomato Dave, and also the kind souls that sent them our links. And we're like, these guys, these nerds are also talking about Sonic the Comic. They were very yeah. kind in their responses. Thank but you, Sonic the Comic. Never podcast. mind that. People clicked on for one thing. That's not my mum. It's not Sonic the Comic. It's SmackDown. Jesus Christ, Lord Almighty. 
We have seen some nutty episodes of SmackDown all the time. This. This. All right. Recapping of Raw. Before oh, we on. get into oh, that. Tom. Go on, go on, go on. Just, yeah, a, just a few very quick notes on the Wrestling Observer. Um, uh, coming up on uh, the coming up on WWF television very soon. The life coming up on television very soon. The life and death of Owen Hart, a one-hour documentary uh, on TVO, which is coming up on American channels on the third of November in this year, so in a couple of days after this podcast. And uh, a lot of stuff in the oh, rest- oh 2019. No, 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 1999. Oh, because we are back in '99. Yeah, now. okay, yeah, that yeah. confused me then. Sorry. And um, also in this particular year, there was loads of stuff in the in the Wrestling Observer regarding wrestling autobiographies. Uh, the whole thing being that Regan Books signed this deal with the WWF to make a load of wrestlers' autobiographies, like a bit of cheap merch money. Like the Rock's book came out called The Rock Says, and yeah. it was ghost written and it was poor. China's book came out called If They Only Knew shortly after. What I'm going to do to you. <laughs> and that was ghost written and that was really poor. Uh, Mick Foley said, well, no, I don't want a ghost writer. Mick Foley experimented with the ghost writer um, before this book came out, and he just went, the ghost writers completely missed all the point of my story. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to write this book myself. And Have a Nice Day was born, and it became a New York Times yeah. number one bestseller. And uh, just that was that was something they talked about quite a bit in this issue of the Wrestling Observer, which is Wrestling Autobiographies. And it does explain why so many of them were toss. Yeah. They were some toss. The Rocks one was dreadful. Yeah. Like, you could tell it was written by somebody who just couldn't give a monkeys yeah. about wrestling. I got Mankind's one, loved it. My brother got Rock Says, and he was like... Oh, and the size bought- difference should have given it away. Like Mick Foley's was, you you could kill a small country yeah. with it. It was that thick. Whereas the rocks, I could like, <laughs> Rocks was about nine pages. Yeah, and it was half. Well, I did this, and I went to college, and then half the Rock did this, and the Rock was like, oh, oh, oh God, just hell. They could have got a good ghost to write this. <laughs> anyway, don't mind that. Never mind. I don't care about wrestling observer. This SmackDown episode. Is, right. this, sorry, is there anything else, Tom? I'm being very... That good, is everything. I'm, you, sir. I'm on the, I'm on the blocks one. Vroom, get vroom. us underway with this week's edition of SmackDown. Right. The recap from Raw is essential. DX is back together. It's a bit inexplicable, kind of, but it does start to make more sense as it goes along, which WWF did very well during this period. During an Austin Rock versus New Age Outlaws tag match, Xbox came in and interfered. It was like, wait, why is Xbox interfering? Triple H came out. It's like, oh, the band's back together. Wow. All right. And that, that's segways. And right that is, that is pretty much how it gets there, yeah. isn't it? Uh, Billy Gunn, Road Dogg, X-Pac doing... <laughs> they have to basically stand behind Triple H in the same way that, you know, Vincent and Scott Norton and Ray Taylor would have to do this on Nitro for months. Like, yeah, arms folded. Woo. It's Triple H sounding more and more like NXT Triple H, I felt. We're going to do this. Uh, we're going to do that. X-Pac teases a new member of DX joining tonight. Uh, Billy Gunn challenges Steve Austin, proving he is the wrestling equivalent of Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. <laughs> and the crowd, while they saw this happening, it's interesting because they're still cheering them because DX were cool. And it's X-Pac, it's New Age Outlaws. They're still the cool guys. It's only Triple H who's the head diddler. And does the Rock, does the Road Dog challenge the Rock at this point as well? Yes, he does. Yes. And Triple H tries to replace Vince or something. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I wasn't sure about this whole bit. So, like, Triple H, is, Triple H asks Vince McMahon to come out and join him. And Vince comes out and in, in like, the most guttural Vince voice ever says, I'm here tonight! We're not telling you! Like, yeah. really guttural. 
To which Triple H replies with, we've got three words for you, which were... Well, it's three if you don't count the uh on the end. <laughs> By the way, we're taking over. Which, mate, wait, hang on. So at this point, WWF was still feeling with WCW, even though that was becoming less and less a war, more of, more of a... <laughs> I'm feeling a bit bad. Let's beat up WCW. Yeah. Uh, that's what NWO would say quite often. The fact where the BWO made it their catchphrase to mock the NWO. They did, yeah. <laughs> Every week they'd say we're t- taking over. We're taking over this armory right here. Uh, so I'm like, okay, is that a jab? Was it too later on? No, because they'd repeat this phrase. Like, no, no, we're taking over. It's like, oh, you're being serious with this. Mm. Okay, because I'm pretty sure in those WWE versus WCW Money Like War stuff, you went, well, NWO tried to look all cool and badass all the time. And NWO, uh, and the X got to like get their asses handed to them. That's why we were the cooler dudes. And this is them doing NWO. Like, no, we're back. We're back and we're serious. And why is that? Because we really need to push Triple H. <laughs> So it's it's like, okay, where's this going? It goes places, don't worry. So this whole thing has come about because Triple H has... Um, it's wrong to say that he's floundered as a top heel, a solo top heel, because like it's not for the one to trying. Like, you, Triple H gets a lot of stick in later years for the way he conducts himself, but do you know what? Like, I think watching this back, he couldn't have done any more for everybody he was in the ring with, and he couldn't have done any more with the stuff that he had. Right. And it was just not clicking. So the DX getting back together thing did feel like a bit of a, a rush move because obviously that's a, a hot prospect that, that you could still technically do with everybody kicking around. Right. The New Age Outlaws had only just got back together a month ago. Mm. X-Pac had the Kane thing and was popular. So it is almost like sacrificing those guys to get Triple H over, which ordinarily go, that's a bit of a waste, but Triple H is supposed to be the number one bad guy on the brand. So it's like, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And, you know, Flair had the Horseman. Um Hogan had NWO and NWO yeah. Red and NWO Diet and NWO Raspberry. So <laughs> it does make sense to have this, like, okay, we're going to boo you. Now you've got a posse. No, not that posse. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's it's the it's the classic henchman hmm. formula of, like, I am the champion now. I will hire people around me to make sure that the belt stays here. That's essentially right. what Triple H did here. Yeah, and how are they going to get around the fact that nearly all these guys are loved? Oh, we'll find out, Tom. But meanwhile, <laughs> Edgy Christian are walking backstage to segue the next bit. And the pop is very impressive. Yeah, I heard this big reaction for Edgy and Christian wandering around. I th- that, that was, it, was time, it was at this point when you started to realize, actually, these guys, these guys are stars. We, 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 we got a sense of it in the ladder match. Mm. And like when you heard the reaction, this is like now the crowd have woken up to the idea of Edge and Christian. Yeah, because they've always said in the documentaries, oh, did this match and it was all upwards from there. And you look at the thing, not quite. Oh, yeah. that pop, they, the crowd was ready for them. Very rarely, Sexy do you, vampires. very rarely do you have like a star trajectory that is completely like zero to 100. Like every major star that you look at, they do flounder for a while. Even Steve Austin. I was going to say, Steve Austin's a famous one. They yeah. Go, he did that promo and it was main event. Yeah. No. Austin 316 said I was in the kickoff show against Yokozuna. Yeah. Basically, with after did, King of the Ring. Did literally nothing until Bret Hart was like, you know what? I fancy beating up Austin. Yeah, it's true. And, and I, actually, no, I think Bret Hart went, actually, I fancy beating up Shawn Michaels. Oh, I can't. I'll beat up Steve Austin then. It's basically You're how from Texas, happened. right? <laughs> they all look the same to me. <laughs> but meanwhile, the GVC, GVC, JVC Kaboom Boombox of the Week. Christ. The Shane McMahon jumping off the cage during... Yes, are you ready for this? 
Bulldog versus Test on Raw. <laughs> Shane McMahon jumps off to take out the posse who interfered. What a great moment. Yeah. By the way, Test lost to Bulldog because he's <laughs> Test. <laughs> Speaking of useless, Test and Steph are walking backstage oh, and say hi to the Stooges. Steph is in her orthopedic shoes. <laughs> orthopedic head. I love. <laughs> Throws Ben. She has regained her memory. And Lola hopes she remembers what a loser test is. Well, a point that I cannot argue against. Well done, Lola. I believe the JVC boombox of the week was for Lola's line. <laughs> the kaboom of the week yeah. was Lola calling test a loser. Yeah. The Hollies are here. That's right, both of them. They defend their tag titles against ENC on Raw, but Too Cool made their return and triumphant repackage. This was ace. Because right. I remember watching that episode of Raw and remembering too much, being like, oh, they're a bit, bit wussy. They're a bit wimpy, those guys. Yeah. And then said, oh, wow, they're wearing street clothes. And I even remember thinking, oh, this... I even sort of thought, oh, I get this. The fix is in now. They're trying to make all the crap tag teams cool. Like, and that's what too yeah. cool are. They're, like, oh, they're literally calling them cool. That's like, what I thought was going on. The, so, the repackaging they did here for all the tag teams during this period, as we'll see in the next few weeks or even months, is, is amazing. So too much. They've been around for a bit. The only thing I remember them doing prior to being too cool was the King of the Ring 98 match against Al Snow and Head. And Brian Christopher beat them by putting head and shoulders up Head and pinned him. That you can it. see why that might be remembered. A bottle of head and shoulders, wasn't it? That he used, and then they went, "Yeah, his head and his shoulders were down." <laughs> Stunning work. Did lots of them. And the only other thing was the tease. I haven't done any research on this. I do apologise. It was speculated that they were going to do a gay marriage angle with Christopher and Taylor. I heard this rumor too. I don't remember there being any. There's some teasers of it on episodes of Heat, apparently, but you know, it's the uh, so they said, how about we don't do that? Take some time off, blah, 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 repackage. They take the time to go to Michael Cole and go, it's not too much, it's too cool. They are not Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor. It's Grandmaster Sexy, which it was always fun to see Jim Ross trying to pronounce that, and Scotty Too Hottie. So Ian C resting too much. Were they in there? <laughs> you idiot, the... too cool. Oh, even yeah. you've done it now. <laughs> Jeebus. <laughs> Were both these lads in their 40s at this point? <laughs> Because I feel like Scott Taylor, because I feel like Scott Taylor particularly has been around for oh, a long time. Right. On the we do the the, uh, the sister podcast do this, the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. Very oh, often, <laughs> very often, um, Scott Taylor turns up as sort of enhancement fodder. Yeah. So he's been around the WWF for a long time on and off, and this is his first real sniff of anything worthy. Right, and. Brian Crisper had been around for donkeys, and unfairly, I feel at the time, a lot of net writers would look at that and go, the WF's got a cruiserweight, uh, sorry, light heavyweight division. This is going to be great. Ooh, like Psychosis and Remember Stereo Union. Instead, they got Brian Christopher and whatever, whoever was around. But look back at it now, and he was amazing as basically the Enzo Amore of 205 Live because he was bigger than most of them. Yeah. And he was such a dick. <laughs> and he's so good at it. His delivery, his, his cadence, that. Leading the Trump hyena laugh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was really entertaining. If you, but if you're looking for, you know, oh, this is going to be, you know, like they have on the other brand. Oh, no, no, there's no Super Carlo here, just Super Brian. <laughs> so, other than this match happening, the Hollies are commentating. 
and there's a lot going on this because not only will we look at the the too cool situation, the Hollies riffing on edging Christian, specifically Christian, about how they are not super heavyweights is amazing. This is their constant spiel, though, isn't it? I've heard I've heard Holly say this about Christian in another match ages ago, but so I don't remember this. Because Christian, we all know, wraps ace bandages to look better. <laughs> Lola Joy did. If you put a nickel on his head, he'd look like a nail. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Edge and Christian could be on the scale at the same time, and they still wouldn't hit the super heavyweight limit. I mean, they are having a hell of a time. And while that's going on, Edge and Christian, very nicely, letting Too Cool get all the cool stuff in, including Scotty Duhotty oh, yeah. hitting the worm. To which Michael Cole yeah. says, oh, that's the worm. I think that was cool about five years ago. Michael right. Cole, mate, you have no yeah. idea what kind of money you are attempting to push off the table here. Have a golf clap there. <laughs> Michael Cole. Sex A nails a good god. Sunset flip to the outside power bomb. <laughs> Christian gets slammed to the outside like a steak falling off a table. Such an unnecessary move. Like so yeah. unnecessarily violent. Uh, added to by the fact that as soon as he dropped it, like Sex A just starts doing yeah, his dance. Starts shooting. Like, ah! He just killed a man. Gosh darn it. I think Crash Holly, is it there's not enough cool stuff for the Smash? Crash Holly, with the referee being distracted, as happens every single match that happens on SmackDown. Crash Holly, and I wondered if this ever happened. I'm very glad we're doing this podcast. We'll get to see it happen. Gets the scales up and uses it as a foreign object and <gasps> slams Edge in the head and costs him the match. And I had no idea if it had actually been used as a proper weapon outside of WF No Mercy. See, I don't recall the them ever actually being used as a weapon. Not right. even in No Mercy. I remember you could equip it in oh, No God, Mercy. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, sorry, it was the entrance. Yeah, you can have it for the entrance, but you yeah. couldn't use them in the match. You know what you could use as a weapon in No Mercy? What? The Rock says... Oh, yes, you could pull the book out, couldn't you? <laughs> Gosh. So then Too Cool and the Hollies beat up Edging Christian. Oh. Great way to repackage Too Cool. And especially Edging Christian, more than happy to take these ridiculous bumps. <laughs> Maybe the benefit of hindsight is like, could you not get another team? Because Edgy Christian are right now getting this great crowd reaction. But as we'll see, their mega push not to happen until next year. And two cool ended up being quite a thing, so it's all right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Big Boss Man shows up with oh, the, the clip of this. Jesus Christ. This is one This is one part of a crazy episode of SmackDown. Big Boss Man showed up on Raw with Big Show's dad's watch to distract him. So Prince Albert off the rebound that's relationship with draws us over attacks Big Show and knocks him off the stage with his thing so Big Boss Man destroys Big Show's dad's watch with a hammer and anvil that happens to be on the stage <laughs> you it know, just cuts that like Big standard Show's dead. hammer yeah. and anvil that you always find backstage at a WWF <laughs> event it's like oh Big Show's being hit, kicked in the head and he's off the stage cut there's an anvil a proper anvil and a proper hammer so on SmackDown, yeah, I Big want... Show's been. Oh no, please say so, yeah. Tell right. us, tell us, right? Talk us through the Big Show bit because I am a little bit flabbergasted. Right, talk us through it. What happened? Big Show has been interviewed by an interviewee, and he says he's going to leave before he does something he regrets. Right. So, yeah. So he stood there, and it's Jr. that's interviewing him. They've, they've pulled Jr. on a on a off a Monday night, and they're using him here. And he's got like the remains of his dad's watch in his hand. Oh, he did. <laughs> and and so okay, I'm leaving before I do anything. Right, 
you've just arrived because the show is now what? 20 minutes in. In theory, you've only just turned up. So you've yeah, arrived. Right. No, nothing has changed. Like, this hasn't... The, the, the watch smashing thing hasn't happened a minute ago. It happened on Monday. So you got to work and then probably realised, actually, no. And also, I'll do something I regret. You're meant to be getting your revenge on the boss man. I think... Batter the guy! This was supposed to be, like, during Raw or after Raw... And they've got to put the graphics up because why would Jim Ross be a backstage interviewer, and why would Big Show be? Like, well, no, no, because because that's a big con- no, no, no. It's right, it's right because Jr. isn't on SmackDown. Jr.'s not the lead announcer on SmackDown. Yeah. Why would why would Jr. go backstage during Raw if he's commentating? But why would Big Show show up with the watch that he's probably been carrying around for days? <laughs> because wrestling SmackDown earlier today. It says at the very start. I just, had to, just pulled it up very quickly on the network, and it says SmackDown earlier today. So oh, he, so he's arrived early. So he arrived early to leave before the show started, which is... Oh, he's the first to, first to get here, first to leave. Big show. <laughs> he's like got half the John Cena ethos, yeah. right? No wonder he's I'm in the, the first in the building and the first to leave. No, you've got to be the last to leave. As, the last to leave? That means I'm here no. for ages. No, I'm first to leave. First to get here, first to leave. No wonder he was in the union. <laughs> Go on, Tom. Uh, I was just very confuzzled by uh, by this, but it's okay because I don't really have much time to process it. Because uh, I was here's say, Mark Tom, Henry. Don't, don't stop and try and process some of the stuff on SmackDown. This is a roller coaster of emotion. My God, poor Big Show, poor Big Show's dad, poor Big Show's dad's watch that his dad stuck up his ass while he was in an internment camp for years. And Brom- that's a pulp fiction thing that was going nowhere. <laughs> oh God, that's so horrible. Hard left. Mark Henry, soaking wet with sweat, <laughs> drenched. You'd think it was raining outside and he'd run to the shop to get some milk. Let's two women out of his room, and I quote, two of the skankiest hoes I've ever seen, <laughs> says Law. He's in the eye of the beholder. That's right, it says Lawler, noted hoe lover. And let's two more skanky hoes in. And he's like, whew, ready for round two. Mm-hmm. And Henry is like Homer Simpson in the Halloween episode being fed all the donuts in the world. <laughs> but instead of donuts, it's nasty sex. <laughs> but I kind of like, this is, I like this idea of the storyline with the Godfather of Mark Henry in the sense that like Mark Henry is a sex addict. So the Godfather's gone, hey, I can get you all the sex you need. <laughs> Just you. Mate. Like that, that makes kind of sense. Just you wait. Just wait till the end of the episode. Tom, uh, by the way, because my mum, due to mum interference, like, like SmackDown. Mum really, interference. Mum interference. Tom hasn't watched all of this, and I'm so happy. It only gets nuts. I'm excited. Please, you thought the, the comic bits at the start of this episode were going to be the highlight. <laughs> oh, give you little faith. So Mark Henry has sex. Meanwhile, Jerry Lawler's source tells him, are you ready for this? The Rock is arriving very shortly. So he's, he's the last to, last to show up. Can't Big Show and The Rock like ride together? So that between them, they'll get there at roughly the right time. <laughs> Big Show got there too early. The Rock's getting there too late. The Rock's like, like I'm. Re- the Rock is really sorry he's late, but there was a, a flanks of women, nasty <laughs> women in nasty cars blocking queuing, the highway, queuing outside Mark Henry's room. <laughs> it's like you, you can't see where the cars end. It's just truckloads of right. like, like cattle. I am taking massive umbrage with the way that Vince McMahon runs his company. Okay, right. You've got <laughs> you've got The Rock turning up late. The show is in progress and The Rock is turning up. 
you have the big show who got their hours before and is leaving like before the show started and then you've got some people who are there like Mark Henry he's not wrestling he's just taking over a dressing room and he's just having sex with prostitutes in it like if this was like imagine right imagine if this was how cultaholic was oh god right so like oh Oh, like, Sam's been here since half four this morning. Uh, Ross turned up about three hours before the end of his shift. Uh, well, where's Jack? He needs to record this. Oh, no, he's just, he's taken the downstairs studio. He's just filling it with prostitutes. Like, this That is, last bit's accurate. I mean, I mean, all of that is accurate. No, but it's, you couldn't run a company like, you couldn't run a company like this. You are right, Tom. It's so, it's, and then what's, what's Vince doing? He's, he's too busy Apparently not running the company because now Triple H runs it because we run by the system of I said so, so there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on this week. It's easy to see how Jeff Jarrett <laughs> IC title with no contract happened, isn't it? <laughs> and I like to think that The Rock deliberately comes in late because Big Show came in early and his dad's watch got smashed. He's like, how about The Rock just takes it easy? You know? <laughs> how great would that be? To try to do the big Rossman storyline with The Rock. Aha, I smashed your dad's watch and 50 Samoans show up. They're like, oh God, oh God, I'm sorry. Oh my oh, God. God. Let, me, let me get this. Let me, I'll, I'll go get another one. All right, I'm sorry. Rocky Johnson and High Chief Peter Maivia just leading out a Samoan dynasty. <laughs> Come on, Arthur, Jimmy, Manu. <laughs> Y2J is here. Y2J, go away, what? says the sign carried by two really awkward people, presumably as they're off to join the Q-Tab sex with Mark Henry. Oh, <laughs> no. That line was brought to you by Duncan Yo-Yo. <laughs> by Lux. Twix. And WWF Volume 4. Oh. Mm, nice. WWF The Music Volume 4. Was that the one that had... Pie on it. No, that was volume five. Oh, okay. Volume four is the green. Yeah, whatever. You it's are got correct. That crappy H block song on, but apart from that, the rest of it's a great. Uh, oh yes, yeah. sometimes I drink yeah. a little beer. That was the pay per view song for No Mercy, which you can watch or listen to of the watch along classic. And all I know is the last twenty minutes are some of the most self serving, <laughs> stupid stuff we've ever done. We had and that's some all the comments messages. I've got. <laughs> About that. We had some lovely messages. Do you know what? Do you know what? When if you tweeted us and gone out of self-serving, self-loving, da 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 da, last twenty minutes of that show, I went, yeah, but you listened all the way to the last no, no. twenty minutes. All, all, no, I'm saying it's self-serving, and people oh. loved it. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm criticizing it because it was the stupidest thing we've ever done. It's brilliant, mate. I think that's how we need to every watch along now. Apparently, we have to. Yes. I'll be all right with that. Meanwhile, Jericho was upset at Stevie Richards and I had to pause and go, wait, really? Okay. He's uh, hitting above his weight, isn't he? Um, he teamed up with Stevie Richards on Raw to lose to D'Lo Brown in China. He adds, that woman. So he's going to beat the hell out of you because Jericho was getting the whole, oh, I just need some slogans, mm -hmm. which he still does very well. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he does. He, what I like about Jericho is he does throw a lot of you-know-what at the wall and sees what sticks. Yeah. A lot of stuff does stick. There's a lot of bubbly at the wall and sees to see what sticks. Instead, wait, no, hang on. That's China's music. Here comes China. That's not China. Oh, it's Stevie Richards. <laughs> Dressed as China, which was his gimmick at the time, with incredibly untanned ass. Uh, Stevie <laughs> Richards looks like 
one of those pink and white nuggets. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That is your visual image. Brought to you by Twix. Eventually, China interrupts a completely heatless match. <laughs> no one cares about this. Oh, Stevie Richards would have spent ages getting into that outfit. I believe it was one of China's outfits that he squeezed into. Yeah, so China interrupts because she's taking exception to how Jericho was bringing up the fact that she, she's a woman. <laughs> and she has Miss Kitty with her, who was dressed as China. So there's two people in one match cosplaying as China. <laughs> Forgot that very strong uh, Alien Resurrection vibe. Everybody wants to be China. <laughs> Anyway, she strikes Jericho mid-sunset flip, so Steve Richards gets a win over Jericho. Good God. And then I believe China gets Miss Kitty because if I've seen Orange is the New Black, and I believe I have, I think if you beat the dude, you get their bitch. <laughs> I, mean, I so, think that is how it works. Yeah, so this is to strengthen the Jericho-China feud. And Jericho is near enough taking Jeff Jarrett's act and going, <laughs> yoink. Yeah, it just seems like... the. I feel, I feel like that if Jeff Jarrett hadn't gone, this is probably what they would have been doing. Can you with... see Jeff Jarrett losing to Stevie Richards on SmackDown? Yeah, I can, because they treated him so badly at this point in the company. I think he probably would have done. Oh, yeah, you know what? After the contract, they go, yeah. I yeah, th- you know what? <laughs> I think... Um, <laughs> would have happened. I think basically, I think Jericho uh, would have probably carried on feuding with Ken Shamrock had Shamrock not left. Oh, yeah. And then Jarrett obviously left. So I feel like they've just kind of gone and merged the Jericho and uh, China feuds, mashed yeah. them together. And, uh, and and this is obviously building towards Chris Jericho eventually becoming Intercontinental yeah. Champion. And what, very nice. And what I do like is how no one's just doing nothing. Stevie still has his gimmick, even if mm. no one cares about it. Uh, Prince Albert is now with Big Boss Man because he had nothing to do once draws, you know. And Miss Kitty, well, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett's gone. Sorry, I got some in my throat. That's Jeff, right, Jarrett, right. Jeff Jarrett in my throat. He's, he's holding me up for money. <laughs> yeah, so she's got, oh, well, China. That makes sense, right? Yeah, 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 it's, I suppose. it's. I don't think it's the few that, uh, like Jericho, I don't think this is the few that uh, brings out the best in Chris Jericho, but it certainly turns him uh, babyface fairly sharpish. Oh, yeah. Like, I think they really wanted. I think I think WWF really wanted the the universe to get behind the idea of China as intercontinental champion. And I like the idea of like you know the mixing it up like that and saying like this is a, a woman holding a man's belt. They haven't really done that since. I'm trying to think. I don't think they have. What woman holding the man's belt? No. With the exception of Molly Holly briefly holding the hardcore title. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the Godfather's hoes. The Godfather's hoes. One right. of the Godfather's hoes. I think. <laughs> I think Trish Stratus was briefly hardcore champion. Um, and obviously Maria Kanellis winning the twenty-four-seven title. Oh, okay. Among yeah. other people. Um, so they've they've but, and Kelly Kelly, uh, but they've not really had that. So like a, a woman has competitively held a men's belt. I think if anybody yeah. on the, I think anybody in the in the circuit right now could probably do that. It's Tessa Blanchard. Mm. she's certainly positioned in such a way on impact that she's going to become the impact world champion before the end of next year. Yeah. Which I'm, which I'm all for. I like the idea of Tessa Blanchard just battering like dickhead men for a year yeah. as the impact world champion. More power to that. Yeah. I'm all for that. Uh, if it means Sammy, less Sammy Callahan. Yes. Go Tessa. Oh, Sammy's good. Sammy's good foil. No, it, look, I like him, <laughs> but someone watches as many, much indie wrestling as I have. He's done the exact same stick for two years. Let's have this match. OI4K Street Fight. How about you have a match where holds aren't barred? How about that? <laughs> you have to go back to NXT to find a match where he does that. Hey, mate, so. sometimes you just got to roll with what works. Like Barry the Shark and 
Nez music over wrestling oh, accidents. You. <laughs> the Rock arrives. <laughs> right on time to interrupt the segment. Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up. Road Dog says, is, is there, and the partner lot goes, look, look, I just want to say, I hate your guts, and DX beat him up. It's a mugging in the car park. Then The Rock gets locked in the trunk very unceremoniously and driven off. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Rock. Last to show up, first to leave. <laughs> Nobody is putting a shift in, with the exception oh. of of who comes out shortly. Welcome to Monday Morning Smackdown. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's half arsed in it. After the break, Kevin Kelly interviews DX, and they do the, we're taking over. And you're like, oh, you, you are being serious with this. They're really pushing the oh. we're taking over thing. This isn't your dad's DX. <laughs> <laughs> that that's in 2006. Oh no! <laughs> that's 2010. Still, that's still to come. Dad's DX. Dad Generation X. Dad Generation. But it's like Fred Dursing in my way in his mid 30s. <laughs> but never mind that. The Bulldog and Mean Street Posse. Oh, they're here. They're here to take on DX. We're taking <laughs> over. Woo! <laughs> I wanted Bulldog and the Posse to try and take over. Monday Night Woo. <laughs> taking over. Right, I know that Test lost to the Bulldog on Raw. Oh, we get more clips from that. Yeah. And would you believe it? Test couldn't win this match, even with an elbow drop off the top of the cage. Phenomenal. And why is that? Because he's Test <laughs> Town. <laughs> anyway, British Bulldog is wrestling D'Lo Brown for the European title. Battle of the finest European champions of all time. Oh, God. About to go down. Because we all know if there's anybody that can protect a man as fragile as British Bulldog from <laughs> injury, it's D'Lo Brown. <laughs> God do, I, God, do I feel bad saying that. Oh, God. But it's there. Oh. It cannot be unmentioned. <coughs> God, I feel bad saying that. I'm sorry. D-Lo and Bulldog. I don't feel bad for any of the Percocet jokes I made about <laughs> but I feel bad about that. You better recognise versus Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> you better recognise versus who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bulldog takes a hell of a bump off a clothesline at the start, and I worry for him. Yeah. Every time Bulldog lands on his back, I feel like he's about to snap. Uh, Dino does a dive over the ropes on the Bulldog, and PCO in 2019 it looks in better shape than him. <laughs> anyway, the mystery Passy continuously distracts Dilo Brown. Can so we just point out that we're still at a point, despite the fact that the draws thing happened, Dilo Brown, um, again, notwithstanding the draws thing, should have been a world champion. Yep. In my eyes. Yep. The he should have been very much at the front when it came to becoming a WWF champion in 99. Yeah. <laughs> I always... <laughs> that was my Bulldog impression. I was always a massive fan of D'Lo Brown, like as, as a younger wrestling fan. And I genuinely feel like he got, like, he, he got, he didn't get what he deserved in the sense of like a run as WWF champion. I'd love that. I'd have bought that. Yeah, I'm interested as to... Anyway, we'll get on to the rest of the match. I completely agree with everything Tom just said. And like I said, Ministry Posse do not agree with what Tom just said. So they continuously distract D'Lo mm -hmm. Brown. So Bulldog and his wet ass can take over. Even with a Rodney sneak attack, Bulldog can't get the win with the running power slam. Because it's not 1991 anymore. Crowd doesn't care about any of this, sadly. Not even about D'Lo, which is ugh, a very rough ending. With D'Lo Brown intercepting the title being thrown in by the Mean Street Posse, but Bulldog takes it off him anyway, and then de decks him with it 
then D'Lo Brown kicks out of it anyway. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Don't know what happened there. Look, look bold and show ugly, as someone likes to say. Somehow, D'Lo does the running powerbomb successfully on Bulldog. More interference. Superplex. New champion. Bulldog beats D'Lo Brown with Greg the Hammer Valentine's finishing move. God. And briefly, Lex Luger's finishing move in the WWE. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a this was a uh, shame. This match was a shame in every sense. I don't know why you would give this man a title. He makes Bret Hart in 2010 look like modern day Ricochet. <laughs> and why would you give him a top rope superplex as a finish? My back's knackered. What's your finish going to be? Superplex off the top rope. Crumbs. The Mean Street Posse immediately put the new champ on their shoulders because British Bulldog probably couldn't get up of his own accord after taking <laughs> such a horrific bump. And Dino Brown loses some momentum. He loses a lot maybe, of momentum. Maybe he did this deliberately because I don't remember him doing much around this time. But we'll see in the next few weeks. He um, was, um, so. yeah, he, he he was really lost in the shuffle, like in '99. Like it was, it was in this year, lest we forget, the Year of Our Lord, that he was the Euro Continental Champion, and here he is losing via a superplex to Bulldog. I hate the superplex as a finishing move. I hate it. It's a transition. It's it's a it's a high impact transition move. If at he did best, if he modernized it and made it the stalling superplex. That could have been a thing. <laughs> Maybe that's what he wanted to do and then realised, oh, I forgot I'm effed. <laughs> Just get him down quick. Brett, done, bye. Brett, Brett I'm effed. Dilo, I'm effed. The bell hasn't rung yet. <laughs> so Bulldog is now the... Euro Where is my title shot? You had your title shot. You're now the European champion. Yeah. Like what? Like two weeks ago. Like Bulldog probably has underpants that he hasn't washed since he was feuding with The Rock. And now he's the European champion flanked by the Mean Street Posse. That was a hell of a line. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one, though. That's a good... Write that down. That's a teaser. <laughs> Why don't I use it in the Cold Toilet podcast? <laughs> so, yeah, Mean Street Posse put my shoulder and go, title shot, title <laughs> shot. I've got my title shot. <laughs> Where's my title? You, this is during the years where British Bulldog just had a bit of memory loss. Hey. Where's my title? Actually, it's just funny. Do you know what? It's funny where it's funny that an amnesia storyline was built around the phrase "Where's my title shot?" You remember? <laughs> it's who's shirt was it? That, get amongst it. Was it Road Dog's shirt? Somebody in DX had the shirt down where down here. It's like, where's my title shot? There's my title shot. <laughs> European title right around his waist. Well, did well, John Cena had a T-shirt oh, which was did a belt. the worst shirt. Oh, I wanted Bulldog to have a, a T-shirt with the WWF title on it and a hat with a bin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is that is that the party backstage line? Hey, hey, who am I? It's been a Test who are you? Bulldog, that's not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Lugs. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. X-Pac talks to Kane oh, and reassures cool. him women are not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> bros before hoes, That's, Kane. And this Kane goes, is what's tight. We're bros. And co- Kane goes, Is Kane a dial up internet? Yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> and then we get, go on, Tom. Welcome to AOL. Lugs.com. <laughs> you have email. <laughs> if you considered lugs. <laughs> that's right, email's torture 99. The lugs. Boot of the week. Sponsored Lugs Boat. It's all in the hugs. Lugs. I was made for Lugs and you, baby. <laughs> Lugs officially endorses the DX takeover of WWF. Yeah. Lugs. The only thing you have to lose are your chains, comrades. <laughs> we at Lugs, we are all about rising up against the proletariat. So we support the rebel Degeneration X taking over the company. That's right. If Chairman Mao needed sneakers for his hot basketball game, he'd buy Lugs. <laughs> Moving on. The Dudley boys are taking on X-Kane <laughs> uh, because Dudley's attacked them on Raw. Why? Doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. The important thing is, Kane beats up both of them. God, I forgot how good Bubba was at taking flat-back bunks off of anything. <laughs> he just he would jump at the exact right time, even if he go, wait, doesn't make sense. You go, nothing makes sense. It's wrestling. He was solid at timing with stuff. Yeah, he'd jump at the right time, so boom, lots of impact. No wonder the acolytes liked him. And beating them both up, beating them both up. Yeah, Kane, house on... F- oh, I was going to say house on fire. Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, Kane. No, no, no. The, they, they, the amount of times they have referred to, like, Kane, Kane's on fire! Kane's oh. on fire! God, 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 Kane, I'm so sorry. Until oh. X-Pac jumps off and gives him a low blow. <gasps> Kane's... Dissension! Kane, Smellness. Kane sells it, and then... Seems confused. Like, why? Why, Brutus? <laughs> why, why did that hurt? Et tu, et tu, Brute. And doesn't matter, Dirty Boys pin him. And then all of the X show up to beat him up some more. Crowd very not happy with this. Xbox gets a mic and says, he's sick of carrying Kane. He's sick of carrying you, you piece of crap. So I'll tell you what, winning that four quarters match at the pay-per-view was the boost of self-esteem he was desperately needed. <laughs> Is that what we're linking this back to? Like the whole, like, he won the four quarters match that made him feel good so much so much so that he became a member of DX yeah, again. there's something there to go, look, I'm sick of carrying you. I know, like, two weeks ago, it was like, I'm sorry for being the weak link, the weak link but now he's beat, now when the, he beat Bradshaw, he's like, I'm the tits, me. <laughs> I'm the tits, me. Yeah. And 
I guess this makes sense because how are you going to have X-Pac? Is he friends with Kane? Whereas all of the X are now super evil guys. Maybe it could have worked, but I don't think they wanted that focus. Or maybe they thought that the Kane X-Pac thing had been played out. Crowd isn't happy with this. Crowd is like, no, we like this. This was a nice storyline. <laughs> we enjoyed but this. Like all good things, it has to come to an end. So, bless you. Bless you. I could see, like I said, this DX now is to put up, like the Ministry Possible Bulldog, is to put up Triple H at the high level. So yeah. they can't have any distractions. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Hardy Boys and their mum come out to wrestle. Uh, Wait, okay, I know you haven't seen this, so I'm very happy. I know I've got like a sneeze hanging in my nose, but I don't care, I'll just fight through it. But it's Hardy Vi Boys. Oh, no, 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 Tom, Tom, I've got to tell you. I've got oh, to... Right, it's right. Viscera and Mark Henry. Wait, wait, wait. I know the last time you watched this, Mark Henry was teaming up with the Godfather, and the Godfather was piling on hose like coal into a steam yeah, train. Yeah, I thought that was still the story. On Raw, Viz, it's not shown, it's talked about. Viscera was wrestling the Godfather. And decided, you know what? I'm getting in the pimping business. So he has his own skanky hose. <gasps> that's why they were that's, skanky. That's right. That's what I thought that was oh, weird. Henry, he's like he's like the Aldi to Godfather's waitress. That's right. Henry, that's incredible. Henry is a quantity, not quality guy. Oh. So Henry turned on the Godfather. Who has literally saved him from therapy two weeks ago, Tom, to join up with Viscera's skanky, nasty hoe division? But thing is, right, I get it. Because sometimes, like, you can buy a sandwich for £3.50. <laughs> or you can buy a bag of Greg sausage rolls for £1. And sometimes... <laughs> You just want a bag of sausage rolls. And regardless of the... <laughs> Matthew liked that joke so much, he honked. I know. Where did that come from? <laughs> Honestly, I'm very sorry for that. That goose, that story to go, wait, this sounds really exciting. What happened? I'll, I'll tell you, Goose and Tom. Oh. Let's get to the end of the show. I'm now, do. I'm now looking no, Tom, at Tom. the skanky house. Tom. <laughs> Tom is catching up with the this Smackdown. Is, this is amazing. And seeing what the women look like. This is a great storyline. Like, to the point where they're a bit clumsy, like getting in and out of the ring. Like, I don't know how deliberate that is, but it's it's hilarious. Look, they don't... Oh, man. Like, this is... I mean, like, this is, this is body shaming 101, and we don't support it in any way. But the whole idea of Viscera trying to get Mark Henry on side by saying, look, I've got a buy one, get one free offer. Come on over. Henry's eyes just light like, up. Like, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> like, that's ace. Oh, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. We've got three words for you. All you can eat. <laughs> Mark Henry has turned into a half man, half fox. <laughs> Creature. <laughs> so, is it a bit like? Is it a bit like when you when when you're really hungry after several drinks and you're like, do you know what? There's that, oh no, there's that there's that chicken place in town where it's like I wouldn't eat there during the day, but, but. I'm battered and I really need sustenance, and this tastes like food of the gods today. That's right. I feel like some food poisoning. <laughs> Let's get to the end of the show that we do, Tom, and go, I do not remember the dueling pimp business storyline that happened in 99. I don't recall this either. This is great. This was like watching this for the first time. I want... Right, John. <laughs> John. Hello, John. Can you please... It was not a skunky hoe. No, he's the he's a wonderful hoe. 
John. <laughs> John Eiley. Photoshop John Eiley. Hi, John. How you doing, mate? See you soon. Love beer for Christmas. John, um, I would like you, right, big project this, eyes wide. Can you design the front page of the GeoCities website for Viscera's skanky hoe business? I'd like to know what the what geocities.com slash viscerous skanky hose look like. Now, if I don't retweet it, it's not personal. I don't probably need that on my timeline. Tommy's going to request something knowing, that his reputation cannot retweet. Knowing, on knowing that my mum sometimes looks at my Twitter. Um, I'll retweet the frig out of it. Matthew Gregg, however, who has a much wider wrestling following than I, will happily retweet it. Oh, my followers <laughs> love all hosts, skanky, one-legged, <laughs> pirate. <laughs> I love how those are the three go-to flavors. Skanky, one-legged, pirate. Let me tell you, Tom, you know. I can tell you not had a good night out in Bishop Auckland. <laughs> Speaking of skanky hoes. You face of good women and monocles. I'll very briefly tell this story, but I do Please enjoy do, it. mate. One of my friends, uh, he's not going to listen to this. I hope to cry. Oh, doggy, he's in town. No, no, it's not him. It's not him. It's no, not no, no. Okay. Don't, don't, don't mention anybody in real life. For the love of God. Let's call him John. No, not that John. John? That, no, no, no. A different. Were you a skanky hoe on a night out in Bishop Auckland? <laughs> F it. Let's call him Mark Henry. Mark Henry. <laughs> okay, Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Mark Henry. With, he wasn't. He's not. He's not very um, with it with women. So he. This would be the best that people are going to retweet and bug me about for ages. He. So Mark he Henry isn't so, very so, so, with it in with with it with women. Right. And we found out that he would see women of the night. And right. we basically and we're like, go on, do you, do you, go on, tell us, tell us. Anyway, all right. I'm like ah, you loser, do it because obviously we're all stud muffins. <laughs> compared to him, we were like Rick Rude. So we're like, ah, ha, ha. And he went, yeah, yeah. And what, what, what do you do? What do you do? And he went, well, go ahead. Da, da, da. They do this. And all right. It was, ah, ha, ha, really? Ha, ha. And uh, yeah, then she makes me a spag ball. And this is the most County Durham thing I could think of. Those lads went, she makes you food as well. Have you got a number? Ah, ha, ha. It was like, wow. It was like, refer a friend. Lola is not impressed. Uh, one attempts to go through the ropes and all he yells, time for Mission Impossible. Oh, for God's sake, Lola. Um, Sorry, Lola, Rick Rude over there. Terry distracts Mark Henry. You know, clearly a stickler for quality. And uh, <laughs> because of this, to cut a long story short, not much of it exciting, uh, the Hardy Boys win. And <laughs> bear in mind, Viscera has just spent his money on this building up a GeoCities website. Thanks, John. <laughs> Jesus yeah, finding... The, the, these animals of the night. Um, <laughs> these animals yeah. of the night. Oh, yeah. These are real women. The They've... bump and uglies, literally. Um, There'll be some so of these women who this, have they're... lives now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do all this, to, to, to get like the hot topic, Mark Henry, because he's so, so good, they have to fight over him. And he spent all this money, and they zoom in on Viscera's face. This <laughs> is like, <laughs> like, like, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> like Viscera's grand plan. <laughs> Viscera's grand plan was to set up a hoe industry yeah. so him and Mark Henry could win a tag match. <laughs> and they didn't win. And they didn't win. So therefore, they didn't win. and instead of going, okay, we can go back to the drawing board on this. He's like, no, forget it. The project's over. Project cancelled. So he's really upset that, you know, and maybe, you know, one one night with this will make it hurt when you piss has <laughs> not gone according to plan. Did you make that up? I did. Oh, and my God, that's amazing. Some of these things you can't make up. 
And so Henry loses. So Vicious turns on him and leaves with, you know, Chris Farley and the rest. <laughs> All right, if you're oh, one, my favorite, if you are one of oh. Viscera's hoes and you're listening to this, I'm really sorry for the comments made by Matthew. They're all Gray. dead. <laughs> they might not all be dead. No, no, Viscera made sure. <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, after that, DX are told by uh, some old dude, uh, the, the guy at the end of Home Alone with the shovel, uh, that Austin has arrived. <laughs> and then, God help them, big boss man. <laughs> You all right, Tom? I'm just still thinking about the fact that Fisher is... Fisher is set up a... Have you got it on the smoke, though? I can't because oh. my battery's died. Um, oh, Fisher is set up a prostitute business. Yeah, so he can win a tag match. And the, he hired like the... <laughs> like the skankiest one. Yeah. Oh, he had to wrestling like, is... God. He had to put like a pack of cigarettes on the floor with a giant tarp above the ring and all this. He's like hiding in a bush nearby going, here they come. <laughs> so eight, eight, six pack of white claw. Wrestling is so daft. Some paracetamol. <laughs> no, Bulldog, no. It sounds like a storyline that they would have written for like a wrestling game. Yes. But in real life. The jewel and pimping. They, oh, they could have God. done so much money with, well, maybe not. And then... Do we have to add viscera? Do we have to add ho viscera, a pimp viscera to our tiered list? If he won a match, uh, yes. Because <laughs> we did the... Uh, during the No Mercy Watch along, we did the tiered list of viscera slash Nelson Fraser gimmicks. Do we have to add pimp viscera? How bad was Mark Henry feeling going, uh, Godfather, what do you want? Have you got any of them, some hoes? <laughs> have you got any, any, uh, any cranberry juice? Any hoes I've lying got, around? I've got terrible postestitis. Oh, I don't know where it came. What the fuck? Ah! <laughs> oh, God. This, this you got made any it hurt when I piss. Have you got any leeches for this? <laughs> got any leeches for this? Why? Who's just come to the ring? The royal? Why does it hurt when I pee? <laughs> it's oh, it's Mark Henry. Henry. <laughs> I thought he was doing well in that wheelchair. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, we're moving on. We're going to be here forever. I'm sorry, ladies oh. and Look, we're having fun. Big oh. Boss Man versus Al Snow. <laughs> the feud gets recapped, so Power Slam Magazine can remember to include it in their PS50. <laughs> uh, shave your back chance for Prince Albert, who's accompanied Big Boss Man. That's, you know, get used to them, mate. At this point, you should be happy they're not shouting about his 140-pound head. <laughs> it has got a massive head, in it? And this match is nothing because of what we've just seen with Viscera and they're just still distraught. The people at the ring are still going, you seen how bad Viscera looked there? Um, Albert distracts them by banging something metallic against the ring steps. Thankfully, knowing Prince Albert, it's only Big Boss Man's stick. That's fine. Could have been a variety of things. Um, Al Snow loses because he's Al Snow. And Al Snow gets on the mic and says, I'm not shocked I lost because of the upage and medication I've had. Oh, there we go. And he feels he's let everyone down but he still considers himself to be the crown, crown prince of hardcore. He'll challenge them both to a handicap match in the parking lot right now. Jumps off in the crowd, legs it there. Crowd part, crowd are going, go on, follow them. And <laughs> boss man, and they're going, nah, you're all right. Go the other way. Oh, you're kidding. So they don't go and join him? Just wait, Tom. Oh, okay. And I've, 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 I've even typed down in my notes, are you sitting down, Tom? I'm sitting down, mate. Are you, you going to blow my mind again? Because I've barely recovered from Viscera the Pimp. I've 
I'm very sorry that I've had like go, and then you've tried talking. Because I'm like, I just want to talk right, about I'm, how great just, this okay. episode is. I am I'm so energetic right, and furious. I am going to be quiet for this bit, and I'm going to let you get everything out that you need to get out, and I won't talk <laughs> until it's time for me to talk. That will work. Go fine. for it, my man. We immediately go from that. We cut, almost like a, a, a jump cut, a scare cut, if you will, in films, to Road Dog in the parking lot. And he is wearing a bear trap. An effing bear trap across his... And it is so ridiculous. Austin shows up, and I thought the joke would be... I, Austin's like, my God, Road Dog, how, are you okay? That looks horrible. Is your leg still okay? And then Road Dog's like, psych, it's a fake one, and they all beat him up. No. Austin goes up to him, is completely unconcerned. He's like, he treats Road Dog like he's selling a big issue. And he says, whatever, pours beer on him, wanders off, <laughs> and just goes, well, I hope the, you and the rest of the DX lads like this, because I've booby-trapped the arena. <laughs> Stone Cold Kevin McAllister! <laughs> yeah, the old man from Home Alone is here. He's a backup with a shovel. Uh, I like the idea of maybe Triple H walking into a dressing room and getting his head scorched by a flamethrower and then hit with a can of paint. But, but not immediately realising and turning the gun. X Parker, is it hot in here? <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Oh. <gasps> so, again, just the sight of Rodog with an, a bear trap. A giant, mechanical, brutal-looking bear trap. And the road ah! <laughs> I, I'm like, this is the best and craziest oh. episode of SmackDown. This is unreal. So they're really... The recap of all the good things in this episode will be as long as the episode itself, Tom. They are owning the fact you that Steve talk. Austin... Thank you, mate. They're owning the fact that Steve oh. Austin is into his hunting. Is it a relatively new thing that Steve Austin's got into hunting? In the same way that when my dad took up golfing, like we all bought him golfing presents for Christmas. We were just so happy for him to have a hobby that we could you know, buy presents for him with. Right, like, is it, it just the fact that Steve Austin's just started like going hunting? So they've got, we need to incorporate this into his character almost immediately and with as big effect as possible. Yes, because it means less bumping on his neck. <laughs> on borrowed time. <laughs> And also, we're very deep into the episode for oh. Steve Austin to suddenly start booby-trapping the arena. We are staring immediately in the abyss midway. Bossman and Albert leave the arena, and they get in their rental car together. It's nice that wrestlers share that, you know, how expensive they can be, because they don't want any of Al Snow. Hmm. They get in the car. They shut the door. Big Show shows up on a forklift and rams it. Oh! <laughs> To prevent them from leaving the car and also possibly giving them CD and whatever. Big Show is very cleverly pointed out, realized that car is next to a ledge. It goes above the ledge and pushes, I quote the commentators who know more about this than myself, a two-ton dumpster onto the car and kills Big Boss Man and Prince Albert. <laughs> This is the second time in about three weeks that a member of the roster has been pushed off a ledge. I'm just shaking my hand disbelief. I'm oh, yes, I thought yes. you were telling me it happened since then. Yeah. So the two dumpsters <laughs> on top of the car, because they're trapped because of the forklift, and we know if you put a forklift in the right position, you can't get out. Bossman stamps on it a bit first because he's a big shot. Dad's watch. And he just, two dumpsters just goes through it like a knife through butter. 
Do you know what's They're funny? dead. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? You are underselling Big Boss Man Prince Albert's death more than I was expecting, ah, Tom. Ah. No, but here's the thing. Because uh, I know where this goes. This is really no, my... No, you don't. No, they're dead. <laughs> it goes to the cemetery. <laughs> and you know what happens in the cemetery, don't oh. you? <laughs> we got that to look forward to. This is... Right. This is barely the foreplay <laughs> of yeah, the right. <laughs> Big Show Boss Man rivalry. This is... This is this is the right. wink. This is this is the wink that possibly leads to heavy petting. Like th this is nowhere near where we get with this. This is the message that says WWU two. <laughs> this is the this is the text that says your Amazon Prime order of chains has arrived. Uh, oh Christ! Your Amazon Prime order of fluffy handcuffs has arrived. <laughs> we are barely beginning with these two. These two, this dalliance. After the break, Tom, <laughs> mankind is I walking. I can't cope with any more. Oh, oh mate, God. Mate, just, you, you have paid for the seat, but you only need the edge of it. <laughs> this is, all of, everything you've heard is the first 20 minutes of SmackDown. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Mankind is walking backstage. He passes a doorway and he laughs at it. <laughs> and the club is like, what's he laughing at? We look, Billy Gunn has been snared and is hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Steve Austin shows him and goes, ha, 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 I caught you. And goes like, let me down, let me down. He just leaves him. <laughs> of course he does. Maybe the cra craziest few segments on a WF broadcast. Not since Gatty Ward has there been a crazier <laughs> bunch of combos thrown right at you. <laughs> oh, not over yet. Rescue of the Week. Brought to you by the U.S. Coast Guard. Wow. Okay. So this is endorsed <laughs> I love this by episode. the U.S. Coast Guard. And it's the rescue of the week. I think they were very careful with this. It's Mankind's wrestling Triple H for the title on Raw. Mankind has the mandible claw on Triple H. He's about to win. He's about to win. New champ. Val Venus hits him with a chair. So that's the very... Did this work? Yeah, whatever. Thanks for the money, U.S. Coast Guard. Boy, I, I feel I like coming the US was, Coast Guard after watching that. I was eh? kind of hoping the rescue of the week would have been Big Show dropping Boss Man and Albert off a forklift. Oh no, they found the forklift! That was your Coast Guard rescue week. Because it makes as much sense as the boot of the week, the slam of the week, the the, the death of the week. Of the week. <laughs> this the the insert product reference of the week. Brought to you by product endorsement. Paracetamol of the week. Brought to you by Bulldog. <laughs> Val Venus versus Mankind is now on SmackDown. Yay! Uh, Venus with a sexy man voice runs down Foley's issues. You want the respect of uh, the people. <laughs> Venus should do more promos with that sexy voice. Uh, Did he do all his promos with this voice? He, he stopped doing it so much the last few weeks, but now it's back. But mm. you're expecting, as I've done this, but the pun was like, no, Foley, you want the respect to have the people, but you'll never get it. And he's there basically to plug the book. Like, your book is on the bestseller list, Pat Crowd. Yay, we bought it. But I'd like to remind you, I am the biggest up-and-comer girl. Oh, he's really pushing this up-and-comer line, isn't he? Mm -hmm. However, the crowd doesn't give a flying toss about this match. <laughs> oh, After all we've just seen, with a dumpster being tossed onto Bossman and Albert, snared Billy Gunn, Bear Trap Road Dog, and... Fisher are thinking, if I burn it now, can I get the insurance or can I wait a bit? <laughs> the crowd is absolutely numb to this. So I don't blame them. 
Venus also works over Mankind most of the match with like holds. It's it's mat based. Carl's like, wow, that's exactly what I want from a Mankind Val Venus match. Sweet. So we'll probably just skip ahead there. Lola does point out, oh, oh, it's all right, ladies and gentlemen. Prince Albert and Bossman have been attended to to a nearby medical facility. They're okay. There's no way that <laughs> obviously they went in the car, but there's no way that shot with. There's nothing after the car that they were sat in. It's like they're okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's okay, ladies and gentlemen. Like, what, what? They fell off the floating island, just got bandages yes. on them. <laughs> Thank you. Lola <laughs> describes Venus as smart because of all the detailed plots and storylines of the films he needed to memorize. <laughs> That's quite a good line yeah, from Lola, like, I thought. He's like, Did you not see him in On Golden Blonde? <laughs> That's a classic, like, porn title. <laughs> That's great, that is. That is great. All the other great ones, like. Shaving uh, Riven's private. Um, sex Toy Story, which I thought was quite lazy, sex but still toys. Sex Toy Story. One. There was yeah. one for uh, Flipper that was just floppy. <laughs> I was gonna be <laughs> senses ready. I thought Flipper was just gonna be fucker. <laughs> What's that fucker? <laughs> you want to put my in my? Never get the. <laughs> Stallone classic, Rambona. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Al Snow shows up to assist mankind and also would ask for an alibi when the police come and investigate him for attempted murder. Oh, oh God, yeah, because he was there, wasn't he? You let that. Snow, we watched SmackDown. You did say come in the pack. No, 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 no. I don't know. He, he comes out and the only one who can save Mankind from the dreaded chin lock of Valvinus is Al Snow, who brings Socko. So he gives him that, gives him Socko. One, two, three, yay. Al Snow and Mankind are friends again. Yeah, so this this is a this builds to something rather interesting. And it also does. and it builds to um some of Al Snow's uh highest times in the WWF as well, which by again default. by default, yeah. Again, it's part of this push by the WWF to try out a lot of younger guys, and th which is what makes this time frame so interesting, is that there is equal measures, hits and misses. Right. They, uh, Al Snow, Val Venus, not, not you, Test. <laughs> Bulldog. <laughs> Stone Cold Liam Neeson brings <laughs> uh, up X-Pac. Can we get the shot of the DX locker room? X-Pac's like, who is this? We can hear Austin's voice, obviously. Austin says, keep reaching for the stars. The ceiling tile lands on him and knocks him out dead. I was hoping, I was hoping he keep reaching for the stars and then the whole arena blows up. <laughs> oh, wrong button. Everybody is dead, <laughs> including Stan Carl, Steve Austin. DTA crowd. <laughs> uh, I might be funny, but it's a ceiling tile. Sounds a bit harsh after the bear trap. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think Steve Austin turned up with a whole lot of gimmicks and he went, right, okay, bear trap for Road Dog. Uh, tie up Billy Gunn. Oh, I need three. Uh, that tile can fall on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it yeah, felt really half-hearted. I'll shoot X-Pac. X uh, <laughs> can have a ceiling tile fall on that'd me? That would be the one where X-Pac walks into the dressing room and he's like, oh, there's no traps in here. <laughs> Steve Austin with an AK-47. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Slam of the week. <laughs> Your Coast Guard off. rescue of the week. <laughs> dugga, dugga, dugga. 
<laughs> we Coast Guard ne- Rescue of the Week. The US Coast Guard does not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> just like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> anyway, I think they went, a ceiling tile, X-Pac. Are you sure? And he went, yeah. How are we going to sell that? He goes, well, I have Michael Cole say it weighs 200 pounds. 200 so, Jesus. Like, how is this building not caved in on itself? Anyway, uh, the, the final segment of the show, and thankfully, the walking wounded DX look like a World War One hospital, make their way to the it's ring. It's a, a bit like the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Where all the people have been through all these horrible things and they're all leaving the factory, all wounded and battered, stretched and blown the, up. The theme from Platoon is playing. <laughs> First casualty of chocolate is innocence. <laughs> anyway, I am the game, etc. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm everything. Trevage talks for three minutes. He spends three minutes talking and talking. And he decides, all right, you know what? I'm going to call out Austin. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to give him 10. It counts to 10. No shows. And he mis- misinterpreted. It. He was asked to lose to Mark Merrow. <laughs> He's like, ah, proved. Austin is a cat. Smash. There he is. But it's Steve Austin comes out, starts insulting them all, runs them all down. The highlight of this is badass Billy Gunn. They ought to call you dumbass Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> and Dick's like, we don't care. We're, we may be half dead, but we're still going to beat you. We're still in better condition than your neck. Come on. Austin says, yeah, right. Presses a button. And then Stone Cold Frank Castle makes a giant net appear <laughs> from above the ring on all of them. Austin is joined by Kane and The Rock. Don't know how he... So all, the, all the guys that were wronged by DX tonight. Yeah, sorry, I mean, a car reverses its way down the, the ramp, <laughs> gets in the ring, and starts beating up and hits the people's elbow, beats up everyone, and presumably gives us a rather entertaining six-man tag dark match. But that is your fill of the craziest SmackDown that we may ever see. But I can't wait till next week, Tom. My Holy God. Jesus. I have so many questions about the way this company is run where you have Big Show arriving early and leaving early. You have The Rock <laughs> arriving late and then not doing anything. You have Mark Henry having sex with prostitutes in one of the back rooms. And then there's Steve Austin, who hasn't wrestled tonight, but has just spent the night putting traps everywhere, including above the arena. Like... <laughs> What what would have like? Where's the B footage of Austin putting out a bear trap, forgetting that there's a school trip happening at the same Jesus. time? <laughs> Which is yeah. it could have happened. Puts out a landmine. He's like bang. It's like aha, got you, road. Oh, Joel Briscoe, Jesus. <laughs> oh, there are the rest on the show. Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was carnage. This show was carnage. SmackDown is carnage at the moment. Yeah, I can't get it. It's just carnage, yeah. And you know what? I'm addicted. Because it all makes sense. It's all in its own little universe. Yeah. With Raw, it's like, ah, this is happening because of this, and this because of this, and this person's now affiliated with this, but they've ever... And it all fits. It actually all makes sense. And you can't miss a second. Or you'll miss uh, the... Whatever. The detail of Mm. Viscera setting up his own big pimping agency. I may have said that three times, but I'm going to say it again because I, I don't know what happens next. I am, I am I, never going to not, not think about that from now on. His failed business venture. The left Orium. I think if... I think if <laughs> this was left Orium. Only a left-handed prostitute. <laughs> I think we go straight into things you forgot and we both say Viscera's pimping agency. Yeah, that, that's it. There's, there's no other contest. I, I, can't, I can't get over that was the thing. 
I love the fact that that happened. Oh, God. What amazing. Something you remembered, though. Ooh. Uh, X-Pac turning on Kane. Yeah. Because of a woman. I don't got any detail about that, but that will... That'll all come uh, out of the wash. That, that seed will grow. I remember Too Cool. And I remember seeing them and thinking, oh, they're just trying to tart up all these crap tag teams. Like too cool. I remember thinking that as a youngster, as a foolish youngster. I remember thinking how silly the worm looked and who do and like even Michael Cole did. And more foolish. Mate, Scotty's you are a lot of money, that worm did. <laughs> that was very much a silkworm. Hey. Hey! That's that's such a good line, we're gonna ah, end it there, Tom, because that's all right, I've got isn't nothing it? else. I am nearly sweating like Mark Henry from <laughs> reminiscing about this insane episode of SmackDown. He is at Matthew Gregg. Tom is right there. I am at Tom Campbell. Together we are at Cultaholic. Oh, Watch the Cultaholic podcast for Matthew's mum. Fall in love. Ah, the oh, no. Same way I did. Oh, God. <laughs> love you, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 